Hello and welcome to the Rob Burgess Show. I'm, of course, your host, Rob Burgess. On this, our 56th episode, our returning guest is Jonathan Fowler. You first heard Jonathan Fowler on episodes 2, 10, 20, 21, 29, 30, 31, 32, 34, 35, 43, 48, and 51 of the podcast. Jonathan graduated with the BA in History from Indiana University in 2006. He is an unabashed left-wing political junkie. He has lived and worked in South Korea for 10 years, trying to help the citizens of that great nation hopefully talk pretty one day. A quick programming note. As you'll hear, I was in a rough shape health-wise when we recorded this episode, so I got a few minor facts wrong. The Senate race in Indiana between Democrat Joe Donnelly and Republican Richard Murdoch was in 2012, not 2010. The video of the passenger being ejected from a plane was a United flight, not Delta. Also, after we recorded this episode, it was revealed that the USS Carl Vinson was actually headed away from the Korean Peninsula, not towards it. I'm sure Jonathan and I will discuss this at length during our next episode together. And now, on to the show. Hello. Hey, Joe. Hey, Bob. How are you? Oh, I've been better. I'm pretty sick. Oh, really? Oh, that's bad. Yeah. What have you got? Oh, uh, well, where, where do I start? I, uh, I threw up on the way home the other day, uh, and then I proceeded to throw up when I got home. <laughs> and then, uh, in, that was last week. In the car? Yeah, so I caught most of it in my shirt, which I quickly threw out the window. <laughs> um, I bet, man, that was like a scene out of a Petey Pablo video, right? <laughs> North Carolina, raise up, take your shirt off, swing it around your head like a helicopter. Yeah, there was no way I wanted to recover that at that point. I was just ready to say goodbye. <laughs> okay, that's too bad. Well, thank goodness you're took the hit, I guess. Yeah, I would not want to have had to clean that up in my car. But, um, yeah, and that, now I, I don't know if it's a sinus thing from the allergies being really bad this year or if it's, like, I'm getting some sort of, like, I don't know what's going on. But we've been sick pretty constantly for the last couple of weeks. So. Oh, boy. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Well, I hope you guys get better there. Oh, thanks. So how's it over in uh, Korea? Uh, hard to say. Yeah, a lot of different people saying different things, but yeah, tension's definitely high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're sending, uh, I think it's, a, what is it, the USS Carl Vinson Strike Group or something, which is a Nimitz-class aircraft carrier with accompanying protection ships and uh, apparently submarines, Trump tells us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess they were in Korea, the Korean Peninsula area recently, but they went to, I think, Singapore, but then now they've been kind of rerouted back to Korea. Are they not usually in that area? Uh, I, I don't know where our, uh, all of our aircraft carriers necessarily usually are. I mean, I think they just kind of go around wherever the trouble is and stuff or whatever. Maybe they have regularly scheduled places mm-hmm. they go to. Is there also a but, big um, uh, drill happening, though? Yeah, uh, the drill happens every year this time, and there's always, there's always, I mean, like, um, yeah, America and South Korea do joint military drills this time of year. Mm-hmm. I forget the name of it. It's like a, 
something full, cold. Oh God, let's see. You know, I've got a, I've got the, I've got my iPod here, so I'll just, uh, how about I just look things up as I go? Um, yeah, let's see. Okay, U.S. South Korea military drill. Um, but yeah, they do it every year this time, and pretty much every year North Korea does something like launches missiles to show their displeasure. They really don't like it when we do these drills, so. Um, but uh, I think right now is especially a dangerous time. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, obviously, you know, different leadership and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the Carl Vincent. Um, joining a full eagle is the name of the uh, ground air and naval forces joint military drill every year every spring basically mm. so so that part is not unusual but obviously with Trump's rhetoric these days uh, about you know China is not going to do anything to help but America will do it by ourselves you know deal with North Korea uh, that's you know that Maybe a little. That's definitely unusual. Yeah. Although it was funny uh, today, he did kind of a little bit of a reversal on that. I don't know if you saw much of his press conference. Um, I didn't see much of it, but uh, during that, he said the confusing line of "I'm going to get it wrong, but close enough." Uh, unilaterally means doing it with two other countries together. <laughs> we may be at an all-time low in terms of uh, relationship with Russia. This is built for a long period of time. Uh, but we're going to see what happens. Uh, Putin is the leader of Russia. Russia is a strong country. Uh, we're a very, very strong country. We're going to see how that all works out. Uh, last night, uh, separately, I spoke with uh, a man that I've gotten to know. Uh, I don't know Putin, but I do know this gentleman. I've spent a lot of time with him over the last two days. And uh, he is the president of China. You were there, most of you were there, and it was quite an interesting period of time. Uh, President Xi wants to do the right thing. We had a very good uh, bonding. I think we had a very good chemistry together. I think he wants to help us with North Korea. We talk trade, we talk a lot of things, and I said, the way you're gonna make a good trade deal is to help us with North Korea. Otherwise, we're just gonna go it alone. That'll be all right, too. But going it alone means going it with lots of other nations. But I was very impressed with President Xi, and I think he means well, and I think he wants to help. We'll see whether or not he does. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if he just doesn't understand what words mean, or if he's improvising, or what, but that's, that was his statement from today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So either he misunderstood the word the first time or he misunderstood the word the second time. He's lying or, you know, he doesn't know what he's going to do. Yeah. <laughs> Inspiring confidence. Um, you know, well, I guess President Nixon had his madman strategy with North, Korea, North Vietnam at the time. But uh, it's true. You know, it just led to more years of war. It wasn't like actually a good strategy or anything. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, you were saying something on Facebook about a alert. Yeah, I, I have been unable to confirm whether or not the U.S. Embassy has sent out private alerts to to American citizens hmm. who have registered for the uh, the advanced kind of alert system or whatever. Hmm. 
Um, I think one of my coworkers said that the other day that he had gotten a message that morning from the U.S. Embassy and stuff. Mm. And so I was trying to confirm that on Facebook, but it looks like nobody else on my friend list has that. So, you know, everybody's speculating. I've got like right wing people on there, you know, you know, Trump doesn't mess around. It's real this time. You better get out of Korea. Yeah. You know, <laughs> don't you know, like the, this like uh, aircraft carrier is coming to South Korea and military drills are going on. It's like, yes, I know. I know. I've lived here for 10 years, but that's why I'm trying to figure out what's going on exactly. But mm. nobody seems to have, uh, nobody seems to have much actual information. So, mm. so uh, who yeah, is in charge of Korea right now? Uh, <laughs> that's another thing that really uh, adds to the instability here right now because the the acting president right now is a guy named Huang Kyo An, and I think he used to be the prime minister or the something like that, kind of like the secretary of state or something before. Mm. But when the president, Bak Bin was uh, impeached and removed from office about a month ago, a little over a month ago, um, he became the acting vice president. Or Well, actually, he's been acting vice president for a little bit longer than that. But her impeachment was confirmed about a month ago, I think. Hmm. So, and he is—he's—he's uh, he's a member of the conservative party, which has recently split into two different parties that are definitely going to lose the next election. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, um, he was going to run for presidency, but he eventually ended up saying he was not going to do that. So, hmm. um, so he's—he's he's got less than a month left in his term or his uh, time in the position there, and. It looks like the new president's going to be either Moon Jae-in, who was kind of the left-wing candidate from 2012, and he is a kind of a close, he was a close friend with uh, the former liberal president, Nomu Hyun, who committed suicide around, I want to say it was around 2009, 2010, or 2011, sometime in that three-year span. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kim Dae-jung and Nomu Hyun both died within the same year. They were the two left-wing presidents who had done the uh, sunshine policy with North Korea. Hmm. So the left-wing candidate, and I've, I've said before that I thought it was almost certain that he was going to be the next president, but actually in the past few days, um, Banchul Su of the antivirus company OnLabs has taken the lead hmm. in several polls, and they're very close right now. But this was a guy who got pushed out of the candidacy of the left-wing party in 2012 by Moon Jae-in, and so they have a strong rivalry, I would say. Mm. Um, and he's, I guess he's a little bit more centrist on certain issues, like North Korea and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, but I think, from what I understand, I've heard from certain very conservative Koreans that I know that they're supporting An Chil Su now because their, their uh, conservative parties are not fielding competitive candidates right now. Hmm. Which is very surprising because he is like I don't know he's not a conservative like what they would normally support. He's kind of a centrist and stuff, and he's somewhat politically inexperienced. I think 2012 was his first big political thing. He's been a, you know, a software guy, a university professor. Um, he's he's worn a lot of hats, but um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think they're I think they're throwing their weight in with him because they say the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So hmm. they think that the left-wing candidate is a communist who wants to make peace with North Korea and, like, surrender, basically, or something. Wow. So they're supporting this kind of middle-of-the-road guy. Huh. 
Who do you think will get along actually, best yeah. with Trump, though? Um, probably Ancho Su, although I don't think anybody in Korea is thrilled with Trump. I don't think anybody's very impressed or thrilled with him. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think, I, I do think the, like, sense of, I, I do think there's, a, like, an undercurrent of anti-Americanism in the South Korean left-wing parties that, mm-hmm. um, I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, with, with a president like Trump, I mean, it might be a good thing, but, but at the same time, I... I don't know. This this whole thing right now is. Uh, I mean, I, I think the I think the Korean American alliance is kind of in the balance. I mean, not in a not in a way that it's going to be utterly destroyed. But I'm just saying, like if if America decides to attack North Korea for some reason in the next couple of days without consulting South Korea, then that would strongly boost left wing people in South Korea who would say we need to kind of distance ourselves from America and become more independent from America and, you know, mm-hmm. you know, decide things inside of Korea for Koreans, not let, you know, uh, you know, the, the mad King make decisions from America. So, yeah. So I, I, I don't think most people are aware, you know, that the Alliance, I mean, everybody says, Oh, the Alliance will hold and, you know, America and South Korea will always be together. But uh, I do think there's, you know, damage going on to that right now. Mm. And actually, I mean, there's no American ambassador to South Korea right now. Mm. Didn't Trump fire all those on his first day or something, or you told him to clear out their desk before yep. the inauguration day? Yeah, on the, yeah, pretty much on the inauguration day, I think that... Uh, I think the former ambassador was Mark Lippert, who was an Obama appointee. <laughs> and he had been involved in some, like, secret ops stuff. I mean, um, I think he, I mean, not personally, he wasn't a SEAL. I mean, you can look at his picture and see that he wasn't a SEAL or anything, Mm. but uh, he had been involved with coordinating SEALs in different areas or something like that. He had been involved somehow with top secret stuff. And then I think during the, I think it might've been the 2008 or 2012 campaign, he was working for for Obama in Chicago, Mm. kind of like as maybe as a foreign policy advisor, I want to say, or something like that. And so Obama gave him the, the South Korea post. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you might say the guy was like, well, okay, he's just a political appointee, you know, yada, yada, yada. But actually during his time here, his face was slashed by a uh, kind of a Korean nationalist guy who came up to him at a dinner mm. with a knife mm. and uh, cut his face and cut his hand. He had a huge cut on his cheek. You can find, I mean, he's bleeding all over the place. They had to take him to the hospital and give him surgeries and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, he, you know, he, as much as Republicans go on and on and on about uh, Mm -hmm. Benghazi and stuff like that, you know, these guys, they were, you know, representing America in a dangerous part of the world. They they got hurt. They took some damage. People died. And why? And, you know, we got to honor them. But, you know, Mark Lippert, political appointee, though he may have been, uh, you know, took a knife to the face and wrist and hand and, uh, in you know, in service serving America. Not necessarily in a hugely dangerous part of the world on a day-to-day basis, but, mm-hmm. you know, and what, is the, what do the Republicans do? First day, you're fired. You pack your bags. No, your son or daughters can't finish the year of school at the the schools they're in now, you know, like, like Melania and Baron Trump get to do or whatever. It's just, you're out on your ass. And in the two, two plus months since that time, Trump hasn't bothered to appoint a new 
ambassador to Korea. So we've been sitting here for two months without an ambassador. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think you could say the deep state will run itself. And, you know, I mean, a lot of this stuff is kind of on autopilot. But to the degree that um, ambassadors have any role at all, I think you have a pretty hard time arguing that this is not the exact time when you need to have an ambassador when, you know, you've got military drills in the area, you've got an un- instability because the president's been deposed and a new one's coming in, a different, different government. You've got a new government in America. North Korea and China, I mean, North Korea is challenging South Korea and America and Japan. China is doing actually an economic boycott of South Korea right now. Um, mm-hmm. Japan and South Korea are always fighting over the comfort women issue from World War II mm. and the colonial period. Um, it's just, it's, it's a hugely unstable time. Mm-hmm. No, I think so there's, I, there's definitely an element though of, of just spite because you're just, you know, these are all Obama's people and we're going to clear them out. But yeah, you, wouldn't you want to appoint someone else in their place if you're going to do that, like at least have somebody there. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, I think he, he does a whole bunch of these things just to like, just to make, you know, Republicans feel like, ha-ha, yeah, yeah, he went through, and he got rid of the old, you know, he, I mean, like, it's it's very Stalinist, Stalinesque, I don't know what the word is, like, you know, purging everybody from a previous administration or something, just, you know, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired, I mean, you're not killing them or sending them to Siberia, but they're, you know, they're moving people, it's, it's almost like debathification in Iraq, right, I mean, you remember the old thing, and even though you're the only one who knows how to do the job and we don't have a replacement for you right now, you're gone. And if that yeah. job doesn't get done, so be it. Mm-hmm. That's a good, yeah, that's, I remember that, yeah. Well, so obviously, yeah, I mean, new government, a temporary government in South Korea, belligerent government in North Korea, China problems, uh, animosity, Japan problems. Uh, an insane person in office in America, uh, regularly scheduled military drills, nuclear testing, missile launches, uh, n- no ambassador, uh, the, the Syria thing last week. I mean, it's obviously a hugely unstable time overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, don't forget the uh, Lil' Kim's brother, who was the uh, victim of a prank show. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's like at least what they thought was it. At least, at least they thought that was a prank show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's such a weird story. Um, I don't know what to. I mean, as far as like, I mean, the what do they have? I think the the two assassin women were like Malaysian, maybe and South Vietnam or and Vietnamese rather. Mm. I don't know how they like got them to do this tr- these pranks on people. I, I hope we get some more details on if that's true or if that's just like a cover story or something. But <coughs> mm. yeah, it makes you wonder. Like, I mean, how they were? Um, I mean, how were they able to handle the sarin gas or whatever? Mm. I'm mean, sorry, the VX, the VX nerve gas themselves or the liquid or whatever without? I mean killing themselves or uh, sickening themselves. I mean, because, I mean, if you think it's just water, you're not going to be worried about getting it on your hands or something like that or whatever. So I don't, if they thought it was just a prank, I don't see how they handled it safely or how they survived it. Basically. I mean, was it just luck? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is an insane story. Um, was who, who is even supposed to have been behind it? 
Um, I mean, you say these nationalists of different, like, Philippines or whatever, but, like, is it, like, the president of, I don't know, is, who is it, I don't know, who it is it? <laughs> you mean who, who, who ordered the assassination? Yeah. Undoubtedly, North Korea. I mean, North Korea said they wanted to be included in the investigation, but I don't think that they even had a theory about why this guy wound up dead. But why did they do it? Why did they do it in this way? Was this the only way they could get to him? I don't know. I mean, seems so bizarre. Yeah, a lot of things they do are bizarre. I mean, maybe they thought that they would, you know, be able to. I mean, and they might have been partially right. Maybe they thought that they could get more of their agents out out of uh, out of the country if they did it with water rather than like walking up and knifing him or something. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. And, and it's true that they, they were successful in getting most of their North Korean agents out of the embassy back to North Korea, I think before hmm. they, the law figured out what had happened. Um, hmm. Wow. But is this just because of the longstanding feud in the family? Well, I think it's something that, you know, goes back thousands of years, you know, like to Genghis Khan and to, you know, the, the princes of Europe and so forth. I mean, like if you're the king of a country and, uh, you've got a brother out there somewhere who could legitimately be seen as a, also a rightful heir hmm. who could potentially, you know, foment some sort of a movement against you. Although I don't think that that was ever realistically going to happen. I mean, yeah, the logic of the royalty is to just kill that person. So I, I don't think there's anything new about it from motivational standpoint, but uh, oh, okay. the method is obviously new. Well, I just thought it was maybe this was uh, some other country's chance to get at North Korea, but somebody no, connected. Guy, I think this guy had spoken out of, against North Korea a time or two, so oh. killing him actually didn't really help anybody except for North Korea. Oh, okay. I don't think anybody else was was had anything out of against this guy, really, as far as I know. Yeah, but so anyways, the I think the the strike group should arrive at Korea on Saturday or Sunday this weekend, I believe. Hmm. Which also, I think, I think I want to say the fifteenth, which should be Saturday or Sunday, also is going to be the one hundred and fifth anniversary of Kim Kim Il Sung's birth in North Korea, I guess. Hmm. And so they're planning. North Korea has told all foreign journalists in Pyongyang that they should prepare for a big event or something like that. So whether that means another nuclear test, an attack on South Korea, just a missile launch, or, you know, all-out war with America and everybody else, who knows? Mm. uh, Probably a nuclear test, I think. I think they say they've been clearing out that mountain that they like to test underground with. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It sounds like you're really suffering there. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm trying not to let it affect my performance. (laughs) Um, Yeah. 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 I've been thinking about uh, investing in some sort of a, uh, what would say, like a a microphone that I could hook up to my phone or something, like if there was a high-quality microphone Mm. that could be attached to the phone because I have noticed that the quality of my voice doesn't carry very well in hmm. some episodes. So I'm trying to speak loudly and clearly today. I hope it's coming over pretty well. I can, um, I can hear it better I'm, now than probably any time during the call. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I'm standing in the middle of my house. Um, 
But yeah, I don't know if you know of any like particularly good microphone setups yeah. for the iPhone. Uh, let me know. I, I do still want to try uh, doing Skype at some point. Um, I don't know if that'll help the situation. But yeah. um, also, I've been messing around with uh, Google Voice so that um, you can call my cell phone and I can record from that. But you call a special number and it'll start recording. Okay. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So there's a couple different ways to do it. But yeah, I'll look and see if there's a mic for your phone. I'm sure there is. I mean, it's just got to be some kind of, you know, headphone attachment or something that would be, I don't know. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll try to look into that pretty soon. Good. Well, yeah, that would be, that would be good. But. Okay. So what about other news these days? There's lots going on out in the world. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, the Delta thing just happened. Maybe that could be, you know, kind of interesting background or something, but I don't know that it was. 
It's like it, it is kind of rem- reminiscent of uh, I remember when uh, the Trayvon Martin shooting happened, and they went back through his like Twitter, and then they like had all these stories about well, he was probably gonna commit a crime anyway, so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he smoked weed one time and didn't get caught for it, so... <laughs> yeah. That's a, yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, I, I think um, there's there's some website I follow on Facebook called, like, Very Smart Brothers. Hmm. Have you heard of that? Mm-mm. I think, I, I don't know, I forget the guy's name, the guy who writes it, he's a black guy, and he writes, a, you know, just kind of, like, his take on various things at various times and stuff, and hmm. he wrote an article yesterday that said that, you know, that doctor on the on the United flight he he's black. He said he he became black during that instant or something. Or he um, he's not totally black, but he experienced life as a black man because he was the victim of something. But then the media turned it around on him and said, "Oh yeah, well, what about all this crap that happened in your past?" Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe you deserve to get roughed up by the people on the airplane. I don't I don't know what yeah. the logic of it is, but it's you know this kind of character assassination crap that they do. To, Muddy the waters. Mm-hmm. <coughs> well, that's kind of Breitbart's stock and trade. Um, it's basically what they built their whole like you know outrage brand on because they have a whole like section of their uh, website that's just black crime. So yeah, it's just black criminality. <laughs> yeah, they're they're uh, dangerous. Uh, mm-hmm. Dangerous disgusting organization clearly yeah i saw a quote, it was either a headline or a quote about donald trump where it was like donald trump loves the police as long as they're investigating black people and not him <laughs> yeah yeah uh, he's he's i mean yeah <laughs> I, I don't even know there's nothing even left to say about the guy really yeah right uh i mean <laughs> He is, uh, he's been tested. He's being tested by the world. He's being found to be wanting, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, if you want to talk about Syria a little bit, that was kind of a surprise to me just because of how, uh, you know, vociferously he attacked Obama for doing that or wanting to do yeah, that. Well, well, as we, as we've said on this podcast many times before, <laughs> hypocrisy doesn't matter for Republicans, you know. It doesn't matter what he was saying two years ago or six months ago. Uh, whatever he did now must be the right thing to do, and we support it 100%, right? <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I saw that you had posted an article. It looked like you'd written an article for your newspaper there mm. about, you know, people. I, I didn't get a chance to read it yet. I just kind of saw it in between classes, the headline. But it was something about uh, Democrats, some Democrats supporting or some Democrats opposing the Syria action or how. Oh, well, um, can you yeah. talk about that? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, as people may or may not know, Indiana um, has uh, two senators, but they're of two different parties. And there's a very specific reason for that. If you all remember uh, back the last time there was a Senate race in Indiana, which would have been, uh, gosh, yeah, 2010, we had uh, Richard Murdoch. Uh, I don't know if you remember him. Uh, he famously had some uh, interesting opinions. And I, too, certainly stand for life. I know there are some who disagree, and I respect their point of view, but I believe that life begins at conception. Uh, the only exception I have for uh, to have an abortion is in that case of the life of the mother. 
I, I just, I struggled with it myself for a long time, but I came to realize life is that gift from God. And I think even when life begins in that horrible situation of rape, that it is uh, something that God intended to happen. You know, Mr. Donnelly's comments about Obamacare and what's happening there, trying to reform it, that's good to reform it, but it should not be here in the first place. You know, the fact that we have the Catholic Church and so many institutions having to file a lawsuit to get their basic freedom that I thought was guaranteed under the Constitution, the practice of your religion, that now there has to be an amendment put forward to somehow bring that about. If the law had never been passed, that lawsuit wouldn't be in place and religious freedom would not today be in question. Uh, this was the same election cycle with that one guy in Iowa uh, who was talked about there was ways of shutting that down. You remember that? On abortion, you've been pro-life your entire career. Yeah. You've been very staunchly pro-life. Yeah. Are there any circumstances in your mind in which an abortion should be legal? Well, I think uh, sometimes people talk about life of the mother as a situation, Charles. And in my sense is that uh, one of the foundational things America is built on is a respect for life. And so I would say you optimize life. So, for instance, a woman has a tubal pregnancy or something. Well, technically, by my understanding, life begins at, at conception. So you've technically had conception, but there's, the child doesn't have a chance and, and, and will soon kill the mother. Okay, so I, I would say in those kinds of situations, you try to optimize life. But, you know, my case in this, Charles, has been um, even if you sort of separate a little of the whole abortion question out, one of the things that I love about this country is the fact that Americans do consider life really important. And, and, and it's not because of some theoretical thing that you're on a talk show and somebody asks you about it, but you have September 11th, and you've got these guys that are running into a building that's about to collapse. They find somebody in a wheelchair. They never check their ID or anything like that or whether they're important. They grab them and they get them to safety, and they run back and get another one. Uh, same kind of thing uh, that we saw. Uh, Ollie North had some footage. You know, he's been right up in the front with cameras taking footage. This is over in Iraq, and there's a Marine, a big guy. And he's got this guy who's wounded over his shoulder, and he's running. The bullets are flying around, and there is, um, there is a cameraman in a safe position saying, Hey, that guy, that in, in the, the guy's um, uh, fatigues are just up, and you can see this is an Iraqi citizen. This isn't a U.S. soldier. He says, hey, that's an Iraqi citizen. Why are you risking your life there? And this Marine turns around and he looks straight into that guy's camera and he said, because that's what we do. And, that's, and that spirit in America, I think, is so important for us to protect that idea of the importance of all of us. Okay, so if, if an abortion could be considered in a case of, say, a, a tubal pregnancy or something like that, what about in the case of rape? Should it be legal or not? Well, you know, uh, uh, people always want to try and make that as one of those things. Well, how do you... How do you slice this particularly mm -hmm. tough sort of ethical question. It seems to me, first of all, from what I understand from doctors, that's really rare. If it's a legitimate rape, uh, the female body has ways to try to shut that whole thing down. But let's assume that maybe that didn't mm -hmm. work or something. You know, I think there should be some punishment, but the punishment ought to be in the rapist and, and not attacking the child. Is this like the legitimate rape thing? Yes, exactly. That that was Richard Murray. He was like the state treasurer or something. Anyway, he probably would have won if he hadn't said that. Like, to be honest, like that that really sunk him. Um, I even knew like moderate Republicans that were like, "Hey, so Donnelly surprise won." Um, so kind of a fluke.
Indiana went very red for Donald Trump, as I'm sure most people know. Um, and then uh, it kind of started to show itself early, but the first time I saw it was the Gorsuch vote, um, where uh, they were going to do a filibuster, but they allowed a few senators in states like Indiana to, you know, vote for him so they wouldn't get slammed with an attack ad come, you know, 2018. Uh or maybe it was 2012 when the election was. Anyway, whenever that was. Midterm election, I think it was. Anyway, it doesn't matter. 2014? 24, was it 2014? 20. It's six years. Oh. So it, it must yeah. have been 2012, right? Well, 2012 was the presidential. But they have Senator... It doesn't matter. I'll look it up later. But um, okay. <laughs> Anyway, so, so a few years ago... We'll, we'll uh, fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. That's right. Bill O'Reilly. We'll, we'll do it live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing we got to talk about. That's tomorrow. And that is it for us today. Okay, I don't know. It, whatever it is, it's not right on a teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. No, there is. We are going to do Sting, yeah. Okay, but... Okay. Yeah, I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it. Okay. Any? Sure. There's no words there to play us out. What does that mean? To play us out. It's, it's Sting is going to do. It's a video. Sting video. Okay. What is for credits? I don't know what that means to play us out. What does that mean? To end the show? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Go. Go. In five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it. Again, five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. And we will leave you with a. I can't do it. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can. I'll write it, and we'll do it live. Right. Fucking thing sucks. In five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. I'm Bill O'Reilly. Thanks again for watching. We'll leave you with Sting and a cut off his new album. Take it away. But um, <laughs> anyway, Joe Donnelly, uh, our senator, who is supposedly a Democrat, has now voted for Neil Gorsuch for the Supreme Court, even though that's obviously a stolen seat. Um, very disappointing. Very disappointing. The Republicans didn't need his help to do that. It was very, he didn't really, yeah. So anyway, that happened. And then uh, come, you know, the Syria thing, then we have him supporting Donald Trump uh, in the Syria strike, even though he did not seek congressional approval. Um, which was a well requirement of Democrats by and large and Republicans, obviously last time, but this time has uh, shown itself to be a purely partisan act on pretty much every Republican's part and on a fair number of Democrats too. A uh, disappointing number, including our Senator Joe Donnelly, who I want—I wanted to, you know, whatever. But anyway, that's a short version of that. Hmm. Yeah. I well, I think, I mean, like, obviously the serious, I think the serious story has many, many, many layers. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I mean, on its face value, um, well, where to begin? Where do you begin with this kind of a story? Because, um, I don't know, 2013? Maybe. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, during twenty during the time of 2013 when Obama was talking about the red line and... I have, uh, at this point, not 
ordered military uh, engagement in the situation, but the point that you made about uh, chemical and biological weapons is critical. Uh, that's an issue that doesn't just concern Syria, it concerns our close allies in the region, including Israel. Uh, it concerns us. Uh, we cannot have a situation where chemical or biological weapons are falling into the hands of the wrong people. Uh, we have been very clear to the Assad regime, but also to other players on the ground that a red line for us is we start seeing a whole bunch of chemical weapons moving around or being utilized. Uh, that would change my calculus. That would change my equation. It's somehow under its safe. In a situation this, uh, uh, this volatile, uh, I wouldn't say that I am absolutely confident. What I'm saying is we're monitoring that situation very carefully. We have put together a range of contingency plans. Uh, we have communicated in no uncertain terms with every player in the region that that's a red line for us and that there would be enormous consequences if we start seeing movement on the chemical weapons front uh, or the use of chemical weapons. That would, uh, that would change my calculations uh, significantly. And Syria went ahead and used their chemical weapons and killed like 1,400 people, I believe, largely civilians as far as we know. And then Obama didn't do anything. And then, well, partially because, you know, he didn't get an authorization for use of force or whatever from Congress, uh, which, I mean, that's another, that's another angle you can approach this from. I mean, do we even need that anymore? I mean, everything we've done for the past however many years has been based on the post 9-11 use of force to mm -hmm. fight terror, right? Or whatever the, who even knows what the original parameters were, but we've, We've gone above and beyond those parameters long, long ago. So mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm not I'm not entirely um, kind of bowled over by the argument that Trump needed congressional approval or that Obama needed congressional approval to do anything. I mean, okay, well, well setting that, that setting, even setting that aside, uh, the just do you support it or not has been pretty interesting to watch all by itself. The congressional approval is, is just icing on the cake, really, but there is plenty of evidence that, you know, the people that were opposed to it under uh, Obama are suddenly fine with it with Trump, uh, even though Trump was yeah. one of the people who, yet, and yes, hypocrisy doesn't matter anymore, but it's, it's just interesting to see an entire party and a large part of the quote-unquote opposition party just, you know, sway with the winds, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I do think, like, I mean, okay, well, I mean, to me, I mean, even going all the way back to 2003, I, you know, you and I were, we were actually staying at a hotel somewhere down in South Carolina on spring break or something, mm -hmm. chilly, chilly spring break uh, mm -hmm. in, in March of 2003, late March 2003. Yeah, that was just a, a crazy coincidence of time, the, the one spring break during college where... Uh, I left the state and that happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe we should have stayed in Indiana. I we should have, yeah. We could have just watched that on the TV. Could have been, uh, maybe it wouldn't have happened. I don't know. Oh, no, right? It's like the big ball game wearing your favorite socks. Um, yeah. Lucky socks. And, and, well, anyways, I, we were never convinced by the, or I, 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 from what I remember, we were never convinced by the arguments about 
nuclear weapons and mushroom clouds over Washington, D.C., and, you know, chemical, biological weapons, non-compliance, and uh, WMDs hidden everywhere. And, you know, you still talk to some soldiers here and there, and they say, well, he had what, he had WMDs. We know it. You know, they didn't report it, but he had them. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what that, you know, I, you know, I will see. But um, but I was never convinced by those arguments. But I think the argument that I would have been convinced by would have been a human rights argument. Mm-hmm. Um, if if George W. Bush had come in from the beginning and said we're going there to liberate them and give them democracy and free them from this guy Saddam Hussein, who's a psychopath, and his sons Uday and Kuse are a couple of psychopaths who are you know raping and murdering women on their you know wedding nights and stuff like this. I mean, that would have been something that I would have been more sympathetic to. And you could say, well, what? I mean, there is never any just purely humanitarian reason to do something. I mean, it's always the oil or it's always something else. And Yeah, there are underlying reasons, but I, I do think that you like humanitarian stuff is, you know, uh, I don't know. I think it's a legitimate cause for war. Mm-hmm. If not beforehand, then after the fact. I mean, mm-hmm. we didn't go into World War II to stop the Holocaust. But, you know, but by God, that's the justification for the whole war. I mean, afterwards, basically, which is, is that, a, is that right or wrong? I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, there's always the uh, danger of mission creep. And, uh, you know, if you don't think about what's going to happen after you drop some bombs that, you know, something will happen. If you don't th- think about it, something you don't want to happen might happen. Um, that's, that's been my gripe, uh, cause there doesn't seem to be a coherent plan, especially not from the Trump administration on what happens after we, do, we do what, do we want Assad out? Do we not want him out? Um, is it barrel bombs too that we are upset about? Is it just the chemical weapons? How mad are we for, uh, Russia's involvement in all this to whatever degree that is proven? Um, you know, there's all these questions. It's like you've 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 done this now. So what now? What do we do now? What does this mean? Where do we go from here? And I don't think anyone has an answer for that. That's that's pushing for more of this. Yeah, I think that's another like really confusing thing about all this too. Is because even if I am inclined to say, yeah, I mean, yeah, cro- dropping chemical weapons on your own population does cross a line, and there should be a response. Or, you know, even if I think, well, you know, Kim Jong-un and the Kim family has had long enough to muck around over here in North Korea, uh, maybe it is time that somebody held them accountable. I think there were several incidents over the past 10 years that I've been here where a war could have or maybe even should have started, except for, you know, the consequences for everybody else who's not North Korea. Mm -hmm. And so even if I'm, like, somewhat sympathetic to the idea that maybe something should be done, you know, do I think for one second that Donald Trump is the man to do it or that he has a plan? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. So, you know, any kind of, any kind of, uh, you know, support that I might lend towards, you know, bombing parts of Syria, for example, um, is, you know, there's that huge kind of caveat that this is not the guy to do it. And this is not a person who has a plan. This is not a guy who's thought this through. Mm-hmm. This is not a guy who understands how the world works. And so I would say, I mean, from from humanitarian grounds, I think that, you know, some sort of response was justified. Uh, I think it's a joke that they didn't damage the, you know, they didn't even damage the runway. Mm-hmm. And then within 24 hours, Syrian planes are flying again, bombing the same place. Mm-hmm. Um, 
clearly, clearly Obama's agreement to allow the Russians to try to remove the chemical weapons as a way to prevent a war starting with America in 2013 was a huge mistake because the Russians didn't remove them all. Obviously. And, and you know, they say, well, you know, I think the, the, they might say, well, Al-Qaeda had the weapons or the terrorists had the weapons. It's like, okay, well, well let's look at that area. In that area, who's controlled that area for how long? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, if the rebels control it now, how long have they controlled it? Um, mm-hmm. If they got chemical weapons, where did they get them from? Mm-hmm. Um, and when did they get them? Because, yeah. You know, uh, and... And I think, I mean, another layer, because like I said, there's layers. I mean, the other layer is that even though this happened on humanitarian grounds, um, allegedly, um, I, you know, I don't really go in for conspiracy theories, but the one conspiracy theory that I would be kind of, I don't know if you can call it, well, I guess it's sort of a conspiracy theory, is that Putin either planned this with Trump or did this knowing that Trump would respond in this way and it would put some distance between mm-hmm. Trump and Russia and the allegations and it would, you know, hijack a couple of news cycles, which it successfully did mm-hmm. and take the and And now I heard today that Trump said like, uh, Oh, I think, I think, you know, American and uh, Russian relations are at an all time low right now. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Well, that's very convenient for you to say when you've been saying nothing but good things about, Putin and he's been doing the same for you and now you've reached a point where there's so many investigations and collusion going on that it's like oh I gotta distance myself from this guy somehow how can I do that without starting an actual war okay we'll bomb a place we'll tell the Russians an hour before we bomb it they'll tell the Syrians so they can get people and stuff out of there and we won't tell Congress Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you know and then for 24 hours everybody will be telling me on cable news what a how presidential I am mm-hmm. and they'll forget about all the investigations for a little while they'll forget about the corruption and the collusion and all this stuff and mission accomplished right mm-hmm. and and the, the craviness about this is that if Donald Trump knew about it then he knew that chemical weapons were going to be used on civilian populations mm-hmm. and if he didn't know about it, it's still a situation where those kinds of decisions are being made by the Russians because they have an interest in keeping Donald Trump in power mm-hmm. because he's a guy that they know that they can work with. Um, so just having Donald Trump as president is potentially getting innocent civilians in the world killed with chemical weapons because they're, you know, they're pawns in somebody else's game here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And frankly, right now, that's my concern. I don't want to, I'm over in South Korea. I voted for Clinton. I voted for Bernie Sanders before that. I don't want to get killed by a bunch of fucking idiots who don't understand the world. And now all of a sudden, you know, 200,000 American civilians in South Korea are pawns in the game or, you know, mm-hmm. the 50 million Korean civilians who live in this country, you know. Our, everybody's lives are in danger mm-hmm. because some segment of the population, a bunch of uneducated voters, you know, thought this was their year to stick it to the system or whatever. 
Well, um, it's funny you should say that because some of the deplorables have been, uh, uh, you know, the Steve Bannon wing of the party have been uh, decrying this uh, this uh, bombing, uh, saying it's a, a total, uh, you know, abdication of his duty to America first. Um, yeah. There's some pretty yeah, delicious I mean, tears to be had uh, on Richard Spencer's YouTube page uh, if you're <laughs> in for a chuckle. Um, yeah, I, but uh, the, 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 these people, I mean, that's, they're so stupid. I mean, he said so many different things during the campaign. He's totally covered whether he gets involved or not. I mean, he said he said things about yeah, we're gonna we're gonna you know scale back. We're not gonna be involved in everywhere. Other parts of the world are gonna take care of themselves. It's not America's job. He said that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Those kinds of things. But he also said, I'm going to bomb their families. I'm going to bomb terrorist families. Uh, you know, we will be respected by the world again. Uh, you know, he said plenty of things for either side. So really, you could just hear whatever you wanted to hear during the campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, and and those people are just wrong about everything. I mean, like, they're like, I saw all their stuff about, oh, you know, the, the gas attack never even happened. Those were crisis actors. And the thing where they're like, uh, no, actually, Al-Qaeda kid- kidnapped some pro-government, pro-Syria people uh, like a couple days before, and they were killed by Al-Qaeda, and it was made to look like the government. And, you know, why is why is, why are the white hats going around there without proper safety gear? I'm like, well, maybe because this stuff dissolves in the air pretty quickly, and, and it was a bombing situation that happened all of a sudden, and they didn't have time to do everything by the book. I mean, uh, conspiracy theories are, you know, ridiculous because they they consider one aspect very credulously and then they don't even pretend to they don't even take the five minutes to try to think about the opposite argument about what the other side would be like but cha you just said that you uh were positing a conspiracy theory (laughs) yeah yeah fake news (laughs) fake Fake news news. that's right rob burgess show fake news Uh check check snopes people check snopes on all this Yeah, uh, don't even check Snopes, man. They're biased. Oh man, that's the that's the next level right there. When you realize that who watches the Watchmen, man, and it's like, where is it all happening? You know, like who fact checks these people? <laughs> yeah, there there are levels to this. Oh man, yeah. You take the red pill, and you can't. Is it the red pill or is it the blue pill? I don't remember. I don't know, man. You just start mixing some pills, <laughs> and you know, you see it, see the world in a whole new light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear they're rebooting the Matrix or something. Is that true? Yeah, I heard something like that. It doesn't seem like a great idea. Yeah, my question, I think my central question is, how are they going to do Mr. Smith? Right? Because Mr. Smith would be like a kind of a universal, unchanging... Uh, I mean, he's not going to change in a different part of the Matrix or something. He's always going to be the same, but, you know, it's been like 20 years almost since the original movie, so that actor obviously can't do it himself again, right? Yeah, but is this a hard reboot, or is it a soft reboot, or is it like a continuation? Is it a sequel? Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I don't know enough about what they're doing. <laughs> what would you like to see them do? I mean, the last two sequels were so terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it got, it got to be woo-woo. Um, I think uh, I think they got to keep it grounded in the real world to some degree. I think once they once they got into this you know this constant power fantasy stuff where mm-hmm. you know everybody's running around in bondage gear like and you know dodging bullets and jumping on trucks or something and it just it got a little bit wacky. Yeah. And the Zion thing or whatever they were doing I don't know the, the Jesus Christ metaphor 
it all became a little bit heavy-handed at some point. I don't even know if it was a metaphor by the end of that thing. Yeah. I think it was just like, didn't yeah. a, a, a lighted cross like literally explode out of Keanu Reeves' chest like in the very last scene of the third movie or something? Probably. I remember that. Probably would be. Yeah. <laughs> I recently watched Event Horizon, and there were also huge religious themes mixed throughout that, which was like, come on, guys, you're making a sci-fi horror movie in space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it was, what, what was the question? I, I don't where, even where remember we, how we got on this. Uh, we were talking about the Matrix. The red pill. Oh, yeah, the Red Pill. Oh, yeah, that was just, that was just me uh, talking uh, uh, Breitbart talk, InfoWars. State state media these days. That's how yeah. our overlords speak. <laughs> yeah, the anti-family court bunch. Uh, Anti-what? Family court or whatever. Oh, the yeah. Judges who are, like, mean to the husbands and divorce or something. <laughs> People are mad about that or whatever. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I think, yeah, there may be some problems, but I think, like, I think they're letting something very... Uh, Sinister underneath all that kind of underpin their arguments, really. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just all just based in uh, demagoguery and racism and authoritarianism and dare we say fascism? Well, so, or sexism, yeah, sexism. Too. Well, I mean, fascism and sexism and racism are all just they come as a package. So yeah. Well, well, anyway, yeah. The, so the Syria thing. I don't know. What's your take on Syria? Oh, it's a mess, man. I don't even know. I think it's just like we only got bad options at this point. Um, obviously, the refugee crisis is spilling throughout, you know, Europe. Um, you know, we've got you know the chemical weapons being used. We got ISIS in the mix. We got Russia propping up Assad, like you said, probably providing these chemical weapons. I mean, where else would they get them? Um, I don't know. It's just there's so many different factions. There doesn't seem to be a good side to jump in on because even like the rebels, quote unquote, aren't unified and there's different groups and a lot of them don't want things that we want. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. It, just leaving it to nothing, it doesn't seem like a good idea. Um, I, I think the strike uh, was just meant to send a message. Apparently it did that for a lot of countries. So, I mean, if you want to look at the bright side of the, you know, strike, uh, it did kind of prove that we, you know, will enforce, you know, norms of, you know, war crimes and, and we will, you know, at least a symbolic, uh, you know, standing up against, even if not a substantial one. Um, I don't know. I think I think you're right. This is definitely a distraction from the whole Russia thing. This is just kind of reminds me of that discussion we had about the um, uh, spy ship that was off the shore of America, and Trump had that one speech where he was like, "You'd love it if I just blew it out of the water, wouldn't you?" Um, <laughs> and then yeah. this happens, and it's just the same thing. It's like, yeah, who's the Russia puppet now? Um, probably Hillary or Chuck Schumer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's hilarious whenever he says like, um, "Oh, I, you know, here's here's pictures of uh, Hillary Clinton or you know Joe Biden or somebody meeting with the Russians. Why aren't they being investigated?" It's like because they didn't they didn't benefit from the Russians, dumb fuck. That's why they're not being investigated. 
<laughs> is not an issue here, right? <laughs> it's the fact that you benefited from your meetings with them. That's right. being investigated. But again, you know, somebody's never going to, you can't make somebody see something that mm. their paycheck depends on them not being able to see. Or yeah. That expression but two big things happened in the Russia thing since the last time we talked. Well, I mean, many things have happened, but that two big ones. Um, See, today, Paul Manafort uh, was revealed to have, um, the day he resigned from the Trump campaign, uh, borrowed, like, millions of dollars uh, from a shell co- through a shell company uh, of business associates from Donald Trump. Um, and the other thing that happened was that... Um, um, oh, oh, well, there's another three things, I guess. Manafort also res- uh, registered as a foreign agent today. Um, okay. And Michael uh, Flynn. Was that for Turkey? Was, was it? Ukraine? Was, was no, I think you're. I was just getting to that because Michael Flynn, uh, of course, resigned and then offered himself up uh, to flip. Yeah, apparently, no one's taken him up on his offer, which should tell you that the FBI has what they have on him. I don't think they need him to flip, honestly. Um, they, I don't know what he could tell them that they already don't already know. Uh, also, it's kind of weird to ask for immunity before you've been charged with anything. Um, <laughs> and he's not had it accepted yet. But anyway, he is also registered as a foreign agent um, because he was paid millions of dollars by the Turkish government to lobby uh in Washington. So, yeah, so we've got, in basically the way I've heard it explained with registering as a foreign agent after the fact is it's tantamount to admitting that you uh, committed a crime. Not exactly admitting, but you're, this. You, there's no other reason why you would do this, but before I'm saying I didn't do this before and now I am mm-hmm. because I'm starting to get caught for all these associations I'm having. So it's an attempt to CYA, um, but it's... It's definitely not something a totally innocent person would necessarily think to do. Um, so the, it, things are moving. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe the FBI is the only one moving things along at this point. The House committee has been uh, sullied by Devin Nunez, um, who uh, has been, you know, removed from that committee. Uh, maybe facing charges, who knows. Uh, he apparently went to the White House to get some information and then went back to the White House to tell them the information. And then it was just an insane course of events. Uh, and now he's resigned from it, and now Trey Gowdy is in charge of that. So we're not going to see anything out of the House because Adam Schiff, as great as he is on all this, has, has is not the ranking member. He's not the head of the committee. So House investigation is not going so great. Senate investigation supposedly going better. It's bipartisan. They seem to be buddy-buddy. There, you know, I haven't heard any bad things about it yet. I've also yet to see any results from that committee. Uh, I haven't seen any hearings on that. I would uh, definitely like to. Um, and then, of course, we have the FBI investigation, and that seems to be where most of the heat seems to be coming from um, on the Russia thing. Because the other, you know, the, the basically the check and balance system has has defaulted in this case because the the uh, legislative branch has fallen fallen down on the job. Um, of holding the executive power in check in this way. So, um, you know, people are saying that we don't really have a shot at 
uh, impeachment or anything approaching that until the Democrats control the House, which can bring charges, um, and they'll be in charge of all the committees. Um, <laughs> I've heard some people uh, kind of maybe hopefully saying uh, maybe maybe the, the, the P-tape will come out now that uh, Russia is mad at Donald Trump, uh, maybe goading them to release it now. <laughs> I don't think they're really mad, though. I know. I, 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 we, I know we discussed that, but I'm saying, like, <laughs> pretty pleased if you're mad. Maybe you could do this in the meantime. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that it would matter. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Really, it'll, it, I can't think of a thing that uh, Donald Trump has already... I saw somebody say, oh, what does Russia have a tape of Donald Trump saying that POWs aren't heroes and uh, grab them by the pussy and all this? Like, it's yeah. like he's already said yeah. so many things out in public that haven't gotten him taken away that what could, what possibly could we have not seen yet? So, Anyhow, that's that's the way I see it with the, with the Russia gate thing. Um, you know, I, I, there was an Onion article headline that was uh, Trump uh, hopeful that Syrian strike knocked out uh, Russia investigation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just I, we're not equipped. Like we've talked about before, I don't know that the the, the framers really envisioned this day, or yeah, maybe if they did, didn't think of a good safeguard. <laughs> Or, or trusted yeah. that people would use the available safeguards to stop it from happening. But yeah, I don't, I don't know if uh, the the powdered wig uh, crowd could have, you know, seen this coming. So yeah, yeah, it's well, it's. I mean, we've essentially got an entire party um, either that has committed treason or is covering for the people who have committed treason. <laughs> so, and they control pretty much every branch right now. So. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a uniquely bad situation, and from what I understand about the gerrymandering and everything, Democrats really don't have a much of a shot of remaking anything in 2018. So, mm-hmm. looks like it could be four years before we're able to turn this thing around. Which is, uh, yeah, it's just I mean a lot of you know we're 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 less than three months in, <laughs> and we become involved in Syria, and it looks like we may become involved in the the Korea. We may initiate the Korea situation. Who knows? Uh, so, I mean, what would what would the plan even be if something happened over there? What would you do? What would, where do you go? Is there somewhere to go? There's not probably not, right? I mean, um, I don't know. Supposedly, Americans will be evacuated by plane. Mm. But considering that the main airport in the country, the Incheon International Airport, is on an island just off the northwest part of the coast here, very close to North Korea, and it would undoubtedly become a target very early in the, in the war. I don't think I'm going north, so my plan is basically to, to march south. <laughs> I don't, you know, if they start bombing this area and I don't die in the first wave or something, like, yeah. just start heading south and try to avoid the Osan Air Base, which is somewhere a little bit south of me, too. Mm-hmm. That would be a target, I'm sure. But, yeah, probably stick to the mountains or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, head towards Pusan and maybe try to get to Japan. Mm. Um, something like that. <laughs> I, so, I mean, it's, it's a grim uh, scenario, but, I mean, it's, you know, I'm sure you've thought about it before. So, Yeah, yeah it's definitely something I've thought about. I Yeah, I just think there'd be too many. Like, even if you could get to the airport and... Theoretically, Americans were supposed to be getting out first. I think there'd be too many wealthy Koreans over there <laughs> passing bribes to the airport people to get them on the plane first and everything. Mm. I, I would never get on a plane <laughs> at the airport. I'm pretty, pretty certain of that. Anyway, so. 
Yeah. Yeah. Of course, my my dad tried to call me earlier because I think he'd seen like something on my Facebook where I was asking about the you know evacuation warning or something like that if there had been one and. Mm-hmm. All the, you know, ex-Army people on my Facebook were like, oh, yeah, it's definitely happening. Something's going to happen. I'd get out of there now if I were you. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Number one, I've been in Korea for 10 years. Uh, you know, I've got relationships. I've got connections. I've got people I know and care about. I've probably taught over a 1,000 people in Korea easily in 10 years um, at least. Um I don't know. You know, it's a place to live. It's a society. It's, you know, people live and die their whole lives over here. Uh, and I'm, I'm plugged into that uh, as far as like what's going on. If, if a war happens, yeah, it might be good to get out if I could. Uh, but, uh, I, number, I mean, the other, on the other hand, this kind of stuff happens all the time and it often looks more, um, more, what can we say, more dramatic from the outside than it does from the inside here. I mean, whenever North Korea says they're going to, like, bathe the South in a lake of nuclear hellfire or something, like CNN shits on a man. But, but North Koreans, it's just like a Tuesday afternoon for them, yeah. so it's kind of like... Well, I, yeah, I mean, I think the rhetoric has always turned up to 11 with North Korea. It's just that we've got, uh, you know, our own, uh, you know, family uh, in, in power that's uh, led by a, a crazy person. So, uh, you know, now now the stakes are a bit higher because it's not like we're, the, we're saying sane things and they're saying crazy things. You know, we're saying one kind of crazy thing and they're saying a, you know, obviously a more violent and nail-on-the-head thing, but it's, you know, still unhinged. Uh, so it's not a good situation to be in because if there's no rational actor who's going to turn the heat down, you know, I mean, China maybe yeah. would, would have something to say, sound like the, um, you know, thing at Mar-a-Lago went well with Xi Jinping. Uh, I'm going to fix that in post to have <laughs> you saying that be me saying it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sometimes my nickname, my nickname for him is seasoning. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> I don't know. Sounds similar. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, no, I, I do think it was like kind of a clever move by Trump or whatever to be having, you know, dinner with the Chinese, you know, leader and then have the guy bring the phone to him and say, you know, all right, yeah, we're, we're ready to go. And he's okay. Yes. Hey, I just launched 59 cruise missiles right now. What do you think of that? So what are we going to do about North Korea? Huh? <laughs> I, I do think that like, I don't know. I mean, I, I, if I were president, I could see myself pulling those kinds of stunts on foreign leaders sometimes or something. So, I mean, it's, and I, it seems like it was not a very productive meeting, but it does seem like, I mean, Xi Jinping has called him back now and kind of tried to warn him not to do anything and stuff like that. So we'll see if that has an effect. I think that I heard that China has turned around a coal shipment from North Korea. They import North Korean coal or something like that, but China didn't buy it and they turned the ships around and sent them back to North Korea or something, which is kind of unusual. But, mm-hmm. but I mean, China is not a, you know, a neutral actor in all this who just wants peace. I mean, they, they have been very duplicitous with North Korea, I think, as far as, you know, letting them, giving them a wink and a nod to continue their bad behavior and allow things to continue to be, uh, unacceptable for Americans and South Koreans and Japanese and everybody except themselves in North Korea. 
mm. for a very long time. Mm. Um, so I do think that Trump or anybody, you know, any other president in the past, too, would be right to say that, you know, China needs to take stronger action in North Korea. Mm-hmm. So, but who knows if they will? I don't think so. Well, I mean, anything could happen right now. In the next few days, anything could happen. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, uh, you got to think that North Korea probably doesn't have a death wish. Um, mm. You think so? Who do you, who do you think in North Korea doesn't have a death wish? <laughs> I mean, they've been going this long, so why not keep going for a little while? I'm sure it's nice to be in charge over there. I'm sure the people are probably not, you know, too happy most of the time, but, um, you know, the ruling class seems like they're pretty comfortable. Yeah, but that's that's the thing. It's kind of like kind of like a Jim Jones situation, right? Uh-oh. Like um, if you feel like greater powers are coming and invading your area and they're going mm. to remove you and let everybody else stay, yeah, that's unacceptable to you. Yeah. So revolutionary point, suicide. Yeah, I got you. I mean, if 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 you're Kim Jong Un and they're going to remove your family from power and you're going to you know be extradited or killed or defeated or something or subjugated by the South Koreans or Americans and people are going to be freed. Well, why would you accept that? I mean, you know, if you want to kill me, if you want to remove me, you're going to have to kill the entire North Korean people, you know, <laughs> nuke us all. If you're going to nuke, I mean, I, I, I so in that situation, I, I do think that they would have a death wish. And I don't mm. think like, I don't know who knows what anybody else in North Korea would do or what they even have the power to do. But, uh, no, I, I think North Korea could have a death wish in the, in the right circumstances. Hmm. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it obviously makes things, uh, yeah, I don't know. Things are very complicated. The world's a, world's a complicated place, and we've got a president who doesn't appreciate the complexities. And if a war starts tomorrow in South Korea, in Korea, on the Korean Peninsula, it will be primarily, immediately it'll be America's fault. I mean, in the long term, you could say it's the Korea's fault. You could say it's China's fault. You could say it's partially America's fault. I mean, there's a lot of people to blame broadly for not having solved this problem sooner or for having allowed it to get to this point. But if war starts tomorrow, the proximate cause will be Donald Trump and American action, mm-hmm. frankly. I mean, unless, you know, North Korea just starts, decides to start bombing on their own for some reason. But, like, mm-hmm. I mean, and, you know, and I think that that damages the American and South Korean relationship. That probably damages America's relationship with every country we have a military pact with. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I think that the consequences and the the fallout of it all could be quite grave and have huge implications. And, you know, historically, it would be a very weird thing to look back on. Yeah, Kim Jong-un was bad. China was playing a kind of a duplicitous game. But every other former president before this was able to manage the situation with North Korea in such a way that while there were occasional flare-ups of little this or that, tit-for-tat, a couple of people die here or there, types of things, in the long run, they were able to maintain the status quo, the peaceful, relatively peaceful status quo. Mm-hmm. 
uh, if Donald Trump is not able to maintain that, uh, that that doesn't say anything good about him, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the status quo is not not ideal. It's not perfect and stuff, but I don't know. You know, it's uh, I, yeah, I'm kind of running out of what I want to say about it, but it's just like it's it, that will be what happens. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that will be. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm kind of like not being very articulate right now. Yeah, I know there's a lot to lot to say about it, but well, um, I would say stay safe, but I don't know how you'd necessarily do that. I guess duck and cover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be sheltering in place or marching south if things go south here. Okay. I don't know. A lot of people say like leave Korea, but I don't know. You know, <laughs> we've been through so many miniature crises over here and I just want to know if this one's different mm. but I mean like you know I, I'm working contracts over here I've got a contract I've got a high school I've got 120 girls in high school that re- rely on me of, to teach them English two times a week I've got companies that I teach at I've got individuals that I teach I've got classes that I teach I've got students that I've known for six years mm-hmm. that I teach uh, I've got co-workers I've got, you know, all the other foreigners in Korea who are not leaving. If I jumped up and packed my bags and got out of here because it got too scary, that would be seen as a total bitch move by pretty much every other uh, foreign teacher in Korea. So, uh-huh. And, you know, I'd say there's a 75% chance that nothing's going to even happen. But there's still that 25 to 35% chance that it could. So, yeah. anyways, yeah. Well, I think the the good news for really both of us is that I think we're close enough to or live in major cities. So if this happens, you know, my hope is, you know, that the first, you know, first wave just, you know, takes me out and turns me into a shadow before I know what happened. Um, (laughs) Uh, As a history major, I'd rather stick around for some time. (laughs) I don't know. The fallout looks gnarly. I, I mean, yes, if you can possibly get far away from it. Like out in the the hills, that's that's yeah. great. You should definitely do that. But uh, like you said, I've got a life, so I'm not going to move out of the Indianapolis metro area, living between two major military bases. So yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure Kim Jong Un would love nothing more than to nuke your area. But, I don't know uh, that he can reach that I, far. I guess. Yeah, he doesn't have the capability. So. But yeah. Anyways, well, yeah, yeah. So we'll, I'll try to keep you posted and stuff. But uh, yeah, yeah. If uh, if the child gets killed over here, uh, you know, I'm totally okay with my life being used as a uh, political wedge. Oh, well, great! <laughs> because because there's a there's a lot of people uh, who um, a lot of people, you know, a lot of stupid people who voted for Trump and you know didn't think, you know, oh, well, I, I don't like Obamacare. Oh, actually, wait a minute. Yeah, I do. Uh, Hillary Clinton's a sick, sick woman, and she's going to die any moment. Oh, she's still alive. You know, there's a lot of stupid fucking people out there who voted for something. And, uh, yeah, if you if you motherfuckers get me killed, uh, yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> a lot of people try to say, well, people died. We can't politicize that. No, I'm saying it right now. And <laughs> you might edit this part out of the thing and just keep it for yourself or whatever. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm saying if, if I get killed over this shit, I expect that my death will be used as a uh, as a cudgel against the fucking idiots who uh, who got me killed with their own 
low education uh, voting, mm-hmm. basically. So, yeah. Well, if I still Anyways, have yeah. if I still have access to uh, editing software and a reliable internet connection, <laughs> I will make yeah. sure that that your uh, your words will be used uh, as a political uh, tool. So, yeah. Yeah, we will. Uh, your 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 words will live on in the smoke signals we send our neighboring people. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> they will hear about the one they call the cha. That's right. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyways, I don't know what else. To, I'm trying to think. There was some song I was going to mention because we usually wrap up with music, but um, there was some song I was thinking that was a hot song or something, pretty good song these days, but I can't think of what it was right now. Damn. Hmm. Uh, whatever. Um, I don't know. I, fr- I think it was an American song. <laughs> I don't know. Well, well, whatever the hell. Anyway, there's good music out there. Go find it. <laughs> Thanks for that final recommendation, Chad. I'm glad your last words were uh, were a real strong statement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just go to YouTube. There's yeah. always something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, five five hours later, you'll be watching some documentary about Australian coral reefs, uh, the <laughs> ecosystems therein. <laughs> but damn it, enjoy the music. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Fifty years hence, they'll say Cha died two days later in the initial strike of the North Korean army. Uh, but we may never know what song he wanted to recommend. <laughs> what could it have been? What was on the radio those days? <laughs> what was you know? <laughs> Are you are you doing like a S Town version of of the Cha? Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah what was <laughs> what was the uh, yeah what was the last song? What was what was on the hot charts? What was Carly Rae Jepsen up to those days? <laughs> what was her latest hot track? He was a Clinton fan. Was he listening to that fight song? Song? <laughs> I don't know that song. What is that? That was Hillary Clinton's official campaign song. It was. Uh, uh, this is my fight song. Take back my life song. Surely you've heard it. Um, I don't think I know. I mean, it doesn't matter. It? <laughs> it's it's <Okay>. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Near the end of Chow's life, music stopped mattering. <laughs> General malaise fell over him. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he was inconsolable. Uh, <laughs> so. Anyways, well, we better wrap up. This may be our last podcast. Who knows? Yeah. We'll Keep an eye on the news over the weekend because something, whatever happens, it's, it's definitely coming towards a head this weekend, I believe. So. Okay. Well, if something does happen and you're in, like, a bunker or something, like, record uh, on your iPhone, like, like on the voice memo thing so that oh, yeah. if yeah. they discover yeah. your your uh, your phone later, we can, we can see what happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll be like a kind of like a, that last moments of the uh, of the Blair Witch Project. I'll be like sniffling and stuff. This is Big Daddy Cha Cha, and uh, oh, they're the bombing every day. And uh, uh, go to this address and wipe my hard drive, please. Oh, here it comes again. I gotta go. Uh, talk to you later. Something you can imagine. I should have gone so, in private anyway. mode. <laughs> Or oh, I should have I should have gone incognito. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that will be coming. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, hopefully things will hopefully things will be okay. But uh, 
yeah, it'll be interesting one way or the other. But for yeah. sure. All right. Well, uh, take All care, right. man, and uh, good talking to you. And uh, yeah, stay safe to the degree you can. So yeah, you too. And I hope you and your family feel better soon there, as far as the sicknesses and stuff. Oh, thanks. Well, we're coming into whatever. Who knows? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll talk to you later, man. All right. Yeah. Bye. If you enjoy this podcast, there are several ways to support it. I have a Patreon account, which can be found at www.patreon.com forward slash Rob Burgess Show Patreon. I hope you'll consider supporting in any amount. Also, please make sure to comment, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review the podcast everywhere it's available, which includes iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Facebook, Twitter, Internet Archive, TuneIn, and RSS. It really helps. The official website for the podcast is www.therobburgessshow.com. 
You can find out more about me by visiting my website, www.thisburgess.com. Until next time.